Welcome to Spark My Muse, everyone. This is your host, Lisa DeLay, and this is Soul School Lesson 117, Gaining Wholeness, Renewal, and Healing the World. Today, I'm going to be focusing on some of the teachings and research of Karen Armstrong from the UK. Karen Armstrong was a nun for nine years, and when she left the convent, she devoted herself eventually to studying world religions, and she went to Oxford. And in 2009, she was awarded the TED Prize, which is $100,000, which she put towards starting the Charter for Compassion. The Charter for Compassion has some initiatives, some major initiatives, such as Compassionate Communities, the Charter for Compassion Education Institute, and Charter for Compassion Partners. It has more than 2 million people associated with it, and the idea is to make the world a better place through compassion, which she has found that all major world religions have this at their source. Compassion is at the root of all major religions. This is one of the ways people have not extinguished themselves from the earth, is living in harmony with each other and empathy and having compassion for one another so that so so that the negative parts of ourselves don't take over. We don't become murderous of each other and try to extinguish each other off the planet, which is another thing that humans will often try to do. She has some wonderful points about having a more compassionate life, and I'm going to dwell on some of those points and point you to the rest of them in the show notes for this episode. I hope that you will go to patreon.com and support my work. I'm excited to tell you that there's some wonderful things on the horizon for 2019. I'm writing an ebook right now, and it's almost finished. It will be available to anyone who is supporting my work at $5 or more. And it is coming out very soon. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse, you will get a copy for free. Also, I am in the middle of getting a book pitch ready for something very exciting. And I'm hoping to secure a contract for a book in 2019 also. I'm so grateful for your support because this takes all of my waking hours, basically. I'm not working on anything else where I can make money right now. So it really helps to have the support of people chipping in and um, helping me make this work out. So in the show notes today, I will feature Karen and all the links to her Charter of Compassion, her work, which is incredible work on religion, and some of her other writings that I have found to be invaluable. I wanted to pull out a few of the things she's noted and, and reflect on them This is a wonderful way to start off the new year as a way to renew our efforts and reach out to people with more compassion and actually to have more compassion for ourselves. Sometimes we will treat other people, even maybe acquaintances, better than we'll treat ourselves. We will have a habit of beating up on ourselves. And when we treat ourselves with grace and compassion first, just kindness to ourselves, it's that much easier to offer that to other people. One of the things she says is, The faith traditions agree that compassion is the most reliable way of putting the self in the proper place, because it requires us all day and every day to dethrone ourselves from the center of our world and put another there. Once you have started to feel a genuine compassion for yourself, you will be able to extend it to others. So this is a little bit of a strange paradox, because 
just as you say, start treating yourself well, you say dethrone yourself. So how does that make any sense? Well, we do this strange love-hate relationship with ourselves. At the one side, we think too much of ourselves and we think selfishly and we feel afraid why we feel selfish. We feel insecure and afraid. So we think too much of ourselves and we get out of order. And on the other hand, we think too little of ourselves and we do the same thing. We get out of order. In that way, we put ourselves on the throne and think in self-centered ways. And this hurts everyone because if everybody is thinking self-centeredly, then no one is cared for, including ourselves. This is a brilliant insight that Karen has located as she has studied in depth all the major world religions. At their core, at their center, what they espouse and what they try to inculcate with people, their supplicants, their devotees, is look out for someone other than you. Care for the people around you. Care for your family. Care for your tribe. But also look out for the stranger. Look out for the foreigner. Look out for the other. In Christianity, it's look out and love your enemy. Not with this sappy, sweet love, I love you letters, but look out for their well-being. And not just wish them well, but do them well. And this is a, can be a strange teaching for us in a me-first world. But as we do this, we don't just make the world a better place, but we make our hearts a more inhabitable place. Having suffered, we then have a well to draw from, to have a deeper understanding of what other people go through. This ability is summed up in the word empathy. So think about a time when you've struggled, perhaps with a death, perhaps with a sickness. And then if you've ever noticed that someone has that same situation, something in you changes and you have a shift toward them differently. You think, oh, I remember going through that. Me too. I remember that happening. And suddenly you have an opening in your heart that you may have not had before. Other times when people have a situation that you don't understand, you might not really react with the same type of empathy. It is the ability to have empathy that opens up our hearts toward compassion to one another. And so when we are finding ourselves not really relating to the pain of another person, that is when we have to really make an extra effort to try to understand their situation. If someone is obviously suffering with something like not enough food or not an unsafe situation or no housing, but you don't feel anything in your heart toward them, or maybe you feel disdain toward them, check yourself. Why would you not feel compassion? Because if you were in that situation, it would be a struggle. It would be hard times for you. So what is their story? Find out a little bit more. Find out what are people going through. And something in your heart should be moved. Mindfulness is another avenue for compassion, and mindfulness has to do with being aware of where you are in the present moment, not getting involved in the trails of chatter in your mind. Mindfulness means where you are in the present moment, be there. Don't be always distracted in your head living in the past or living in the future. We tend to have planning minds. And a planning mind is not a mindful mind to the present moment. So while you're doing mundane things like washing your hands or brushing your teeth or standing somewhere in line, 
try to be actually there with the people around you instead of stuck in your head in the future or elsewhere. Along with that, act in small ways every single day, whether you want to or not, and whether you'll gain something from it or not, where you interact in someone's life for good, not only because it will help this other person and it will connect with them, but it makes you more human yourself. When we do things for other people with no regard of what we gain from it, that is a character-building element in our lives. We shouldn't be caring what we get out of it. That is an ego-building quality. And the more you build your ego, the more you will have a facade that is not the authentic self. We simply do good things because it is good, because it helps others, it helps the world. But in doing so, we become more good because we are not considering our ego as we do it. Karen says, we become mindful and the aim of this step is threefold. To recognize and appreciate the unknown and the unknowable. It's very important. Number two is to become sensitive to overconfident assertions of certainty in ourselves and other people. I'm going to pause there for a second and say, what happens when we just assume things and we're certain about things about ourselves and other people? It's an arrogance that shows a really excruciating foolishness on our part. We cannot be certain about ourselves and we cannot be certain about other people. People are fathomless universes, and so are we. We don't know ourselves fully. There are a whole bunch of blind spots that we have, and we don't know what those blind spots are because, of course, they are blind spots. So to be certain about ourselves or to be certain about other people is to engage in incredible foolishness. So to be mindful is to, to recognize and appreciate that there are unknowns and unknowable things and to not become overconfident in our certainty about ourselves and our assertions about ourselves and about other people. Number three is to make ourselves aware of the numinous mystery of each human being which we encounter during the day. We might not think of people as numinous mysteries. We might think of people as jerks or as idiots or as bothers. But each person is a numinous mystery that can hurt, that can have joy, that can laugh, that can cry. And because we can't think of people as numinous mysteries, and each person is, we become callous and uncompassionate people. If you don't think of people and value people and respect people with dignity and empathy, it's because you've become callous. And in becoming callous, you become less human, less who you really are. When we view people as numinous mysteries to be discovered and to be curious about, we grow in empathy toward them. We grow in compassion. And this is how we become more fully our authentic selves. We have to renew and rejuvenate, and rejuvenate this attitude all the time, perhaps every day, maybe multiple times a day, but at least check in every week. And renew the spirit in our lives. Ask God for help. Ask God for this grace. Because without this feeling of empathy, and you see it everywhere in social media, how much hatred is out there and how much just disgust and frustration. People complaining and sending out vile tweets are not regarding anybody else as numinous mysteries. They're just fed up and angry and enraged. 
What if we stepped back for a second? What if we thought, I'm an amazing numinous mystery, like an unknown universe full of possibilities and intrigues, things I don't know about myself. Not only that, but so is each and every other human being on this earth and each and every human being whose path I will cross. What if we just sat with that for a moment and then the next amazing person we cross, we find on our path, we recognize that. We saw this mystery and divinity and sacredness within that person residing in that person. This person is a temple where God resides, a temple, someplace God deems worthy to reside. Regularly question our interactions. Are we trying to be right? Or are we thinking of ourselves as students? A lot of times we assume we know what's going on and we know the answer and we know who's wrong and who's right. And of course we are the right ones because why would we ever argue in an argument or have an idea if we didn't think we were right? If we thought we were wrong, we wouldn't bother arguing, right? But what if we thought of ourselves as students waiting and ready to learn and continue to nurture that and continue to revivify this nature within us, the learning nature, the student nature? Are we keeping our minds ready to learn and staying supple? Or are we trying to win arguments and seem right, even in our own eyes, let alone correct to someone else? Listening means that maybe you won't say everything you want to say, and it'll be fine. If you don't say what's the correct thing to you, it'll still be fine. As we mature and we gain the capacity for more welcome and hospitality in these ways that make room for compassion and empathy, we have to have a heart that has room for others not like ourselves, and this can be very challenging. The idea of the other and our fear for the other shrinks and our love and curiosity grows make this kind of growth a priority for your life and, and maybe for this new year. Make this kind of growth something that's important to you. And not just so you can be, oh, I'm a good person. I feel so proud of myself. You will truly, in demonstrable ways, have a more joyous life. You will truly be more connected to yourself and to others. You will be a happier person demonstrably and a more joyous person, even if you're going through rough things, when you feel connected to people, to their souls, to their light inside, you feel so much better than when you feel dislocated and disconnected and fearful of the other, and people feel bonded with you. Recognize the pain in life and the story of others. Each person carries pain and begin to exercise your awareness to see the sorrow of others as equal in force and magnitude as your own. When you see someone who's acting in hateful ways, in racist ways, in bigoted ways, in ways that are just unkind, needlessly unkind, there is pain underneath that that's being expressed in an ugly fashion. 
it's easy to just start to be revolted by that person or even revolted by yourself when you notice those things in yourself. Many times the people who upset us the most are actually working like mirrors and reflecting some of the ugliness we see in ourselves, reflecting it back to us, and it's so irritating. When we exercise our awareness of that sorrow that's beneath those actions, and we realize that the force and magnitude of the sorrow and pain is common to us, we can begin possibly hopefully, to open a door of compassion to ourselves and a bridge of compassion to other people and realize that the other, that we say that person, them, over there, those people, are us, our kin. At one time in the history of modern humans as we know them now, as the people you see walking around you, got down to such a tiny number, something happened in the world. Uh, Maybe it was the giant asteroid that hit the world. But through the DNA that has been collected, and so much of this DNA has been collected by 23andMe and Ancestry.com, DNA, Ancestry, all these places have collected all this DNA. And the genetic studies have shown that the DNA of every person on Earth goes back to about... 1,500 or 1,000 people. Modern humans were wiped out almost entirely to this tiny, tiny amount of people, only about a town's worth, 1,000 to 1,500 people. And from there, we have every single person we have today, the lightest people with the lightest eyes and the darkest people with the darkest eyes and skin color and every shade of brown in between all have come from this tiny group of about 1,000, 1,500 people. We are that closely related. We are all cousins. Everybody on earth right now is that closely related. It's very close. Even though it seems like we're so different, we have such different ways, the amount of difference between us is extremely negligible. When you have a problem with someone else, You're having a problem with your family. The truest test of maturity and compassion is to arrive at a sense of responsibility for not your friend's well-being, but your enemy's well-being, and to wish to alleviate their pain or suffering. That is the truest test of maturity. And maybe you're not there yet, and maybe you're not there all the time. And it would be very human if that was your situation. It would be very human of you. And it's very human of me. But we can't count ourselves as wise and mature if we don't want the well-being of our enemies. We all have some work to do. We are all in progress and in process. And in those ways, we can stay humble. We can stay, hopefully, compassionate towards ourselves. I'm not so great. I have a lot of work to do. I hope people have grace and compassion on me for where I am. I thank you so much for your open heart as you've listened to this. I thank you so much for your willingness to grow, to change, to be a learner, to be a student. We're in this together. We're going to fall and we're going to stumble. And hopefully we're going to just get right back up and keep trying. 
I also thank you so much for your support on Patreon or when I get a letter from you through an email or just a well wish on Twitter. All that means so much to me, especially in this time when I'm working really hard to get a book written and pitched to a publisher. If you ever want to reach out, you can email me at contact at sparkmymuse.com. I just love hearing from you. And until next week, I wish you the very best. <laughs>